He's got a beautiful backswing. Dads! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Guys, earlier in the week, we teased that we were going to have a very special guest on the podcast later in the week. And we are lucky enough to be joined by the Valspar champion, the most recent winner on the PGA Tour, Taylor Moore. Now, for those of you that don't know, T-Dub and I grew up playing junior golf and high school golf against Taylor and have known each other for a long time. But T-Moore, that's where I want to start my first question. I mean, we grew up playing junior golf together and everyone's dream Timor was to to win on the PGA Tour and and people in this world accomplish goals every day but it's rare that you have someone accomplish a lifelong dream and for you to get your first PGA Tour win what does that feel like to all of us who are never going to accomplish that dream but you just did it for all of us it's freaking awesome yeah first thanks for thanks for having me on it's always good to talk to you guys and um yeah it's uh obviously a pretty cool feeling and honestly it really hasn't hasn't sunk in yet i mean it's been kind of a whirlwind since you know sunday night since i since i got that first win but it's uh you know obviously really cool and just super stoked to to get a win out on tour and you know continue to see where my game's at against you know some of the best players in the world and it's um um you know something that my family and i obviously have been you know looking forward to um since i played in the ojgt since we all played against each other and um you know started started uh working toward getting to the tour ever since i was a kid so it's uh, super cool to see it pay off but um excited excited for what's to come as well i mean timor i mean you me and sam we've all known each other for probably upwards of 20 years now just, just take us through the journey of what it was like just growing up knowing exactly where you wanted to be and now officially have gotten there winning on the PGA Tour. Just talk to us about all the hard work and dedication it took to get to this point. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it started in those old South Central days, you know, when we were 9, 10, 11 years old, playing playing in 105 degrees in the summer, just um, playing all across the state. And then, you know, I think it really got serious for me once I quit baseball after my freshman year of high school and, you know, fully pursued golf and, I think us, us Oklahoma kids were just also fortunate to have, you know, like the OJGT to play in that, that Maury Rose and the OGA set up and just having opportunities to play, you know, most weekends in the spring and, and, and fall to, to hone in our games and, you know, play against some great competition in the state. Um, so I think it, it was a blessing to grow up, you know, in Oklahoma and really have that opportunity to, to continue to get better, um, you know, when we were in high school and just looking forward to, to taking that next step and playing in college somewhere. And um, I think that was a huge part of it. And then, you know, obviously I had a good couple of years there at Arkansas, two-time All-American and was able to, to hone my craft even more and get myself more prepared for professional golf there, which I'm super thankful for. And then, um, yeah, it took a, took a couple of years to get out on tour for me, you know, four seasons on the Corn Ferry and, um was was needed you know i needed to get better in a lot of areas and then um you know was fortunate to get my card after after a long two and one COVID season and was a rookie last year and you know 
flossing into this. So all been all been good. Taylor, they let me on this show because I'm the old man of the group, to say the least. <laughs> I'm your all's father's age, but I didn't have that emotional tie these two young men that I work with have with you, which I love watching it because listening to them, watching them text back and forth on that Sunday, what what I was watching is because I did that for a little while and because I have competed at a high level like you are, how calm, how focused, how good you were down the stretch trying to win your first golf tournament. I think the listeners would love to hear because I know whenever I, I never did win a PGA event. I was close, but I never did. But I knew when I was in that realm where I was focused beyond belief, I really wasn't nervous. I was so right. focused on the product. Would you mind telling our guys that are out there listening, what was it like coming down that last nine holes? Because you never flinched, dude. You you had a great bunker shot. You made great putts. Everything about your game was really outstanding to me. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I was most excited about. And one of the things looking back that I'm, you know, probably most proud of was, exactly what you're saying you know I, I, I didn't let the moment I didn't let the situation I didn't let what a possible outcome you know could have been get to me at all and I think that's just some of the work I put into you know the mental side of the game and honestly it comes with experience you know I've played professional golf now for six years and played at every level you know pretty much imaginable to get to the PGA Tour and I think you know experience goes a long way but there is a difference in you know being in contention on the back nine on Sunday in a tour event. And I was super excited that, like you said, I, I didn't really feel nervous. I felt focused. I felt um, like my caddy and I had great communication and, and, and great processes to just really attack the next shot in front of us. And that's been the biggest thing for me is I just really want to hit the next shot in front of me to the best of my ability, move on from it and add them up at the end of the day. And if it's good enough, it's good enough. And if it's not, then, you know, maybe I need to prepare differently or, or tweak something or, you know, sometimes it, it's so hard to win on the tour, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of good breaks. It takes going, you know, 64 for 64 inside of seven feet, which I had no idea of until I was done. Um, it takes a lot of those things, but no, I was, I was super happy, um, that I didn't let the moment get to me. I was super happy just to keep executing, um, you know, on the back nine and, uh, stoked to get my first win and, and it was, it was a cool moment. Extremely cool moment. And the other thing is that this win gets you, I mean, obviously it gets you in the top 10 in the FedEx Cup rankings, gets you into the Tournament of Champions, but I think your schedule here coming up is going to change a little bit. You are going to Augusta National here in a couple weeks. So what does the schedule look like between now and then? Are you going to go play a practice round? And what are you looking forward to most about that experience? Yeah, obviously getting that Augusta is a dream come true. And going to be nice uh nice being able to be there on site and playing in the event after you know many many years of of watching it from the laptops and ipads and the coverage and being excited for the tournament but not being there so um, yeah i'm looking forward to getting out there um you know i think it's a little different you know qualifying like two weeks before not really having a ton of time to go out there and prepare like if i had two months then i would absolutely you know, get out there early and, and go for a weekend and, and see the place. So, but I think I'm just going to go a couple of days early. Uh, I think I'm going to go Saturday, the Saturday before, 
you know, play 18 on Sunday and just enjoy that. And then, um, you know, just really treat it as another week on tour. I mean, I, I know it's a special place. I know the history and the tradition of, of the Masters and Augusta National. Um, and I'm looking forward to that and embracing that. But, you know, any advice that I've gotten so far is just really treat it like another event. You know, don't change anything just because it's, it's the Masters. And so I'm really going to try to, try to, you know, do what I do and, and get my work done and, and get myself ready to go, go play and compete uh, when Thursday rolls around. Well, me and Sam will both be at the Masters this year on, on selected days, so hopefully we'll be able to get to see you a little bit. That would be extremely cool to be able to watch you play on that great golf course. And, Taylor, going back to, to Ennisbrook, you, you finished so strongly with that great two-putt on 18, but yet you still had one of the best players of the last decade, Jordan Spieth, behind you. Then you had Adam Shank, who was playing uh, some really good golf. So just take us through what was going through your mind when you are hitting range balls, getting warm up. Were you expecting, like, 100% to go into the playoff? And just take us through what your emotions were in that 20 to 30-minute stretch. Yeah, I, I was fully expecting the playoff uh, when I got done. You know, I when I was on the range, unfortunately, we didn't have, like, a monitor, so I couldn't really watch or anything. But I was getting updates from, you know, a couple of PJ Tour officials and, you know, one of the TV guys. And I, I fully expected to go into the playoff. I mean, Adam made a great par save there on 17. He knocked in, like, a 20-footer. And then, um, you know, Jordan hit it to, like, six or seven feet there on 17, which was an incredible shot. I mean, we had – 2.30 into the wind, uh, back left spin, and he just laced a four iron in there, which was an incredible golf shot. And, you know, I thought after he bogeyed 16, I thought for sure he would knock that one in. And, you know, it kind of slid by um, there. And then I was still tied with Adam uh, at that point when they teed off of 18. And so um, he can never count Jordan out, right? I mean, I, I expected him to, to make a birdie or, you know, give 40-footer a chance or whatever happened on 18. And then um, you know, after Adam had to chip out left-handed, it kind of started to, to sink in a little bit. Like, man, I could win this thing outright as well. So, um, but yeah, I was, yeah, 20 or 30 minute stretch. I was really just trying to stay in, in competition mode and get myself ready, um, to go compete in a playoff if, if that were to happen. And then <laughs> obviously it, it ended the way it did and was, uh, was stoked not to have to, to go in a playoff to get my first win. I like, I like that attitude. Uh, that, that was what I told Sam and 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 Taylor before you came on. Um, I really don't. I don't. You didn't even know I was seeing you. I I didn't say anything to you, but you and mm-hmm. Dabber hit balls on the range at Oak Tree National, and it's probably been four or five years. I think it was right when you were getting on the corn ferry, or been on the corn ferry for a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> and I, I was I I have a way of watching and now speaking, which is hard for my two guys that I work with to believe. Basically, I what, what he's trying to say is he's a stalker out at Oak Tree. He just kind of watches everybody <laughs> from afar. <laughs> I, I, I'm always interested to watch what's coming. And and I, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good eye as far as picking talent. And you're hitting balls, and you're, I'm sure it was your dad with you. Mm-hmm. And I watched you for about Oh, 10 minutes, and I didn't really get right next to you. I just watched you from afar. Sam says I was stalking you. And uh, I mentioned to these guys when I first started doing the podcast, you guys know this Taylor Moore. I, I'm impressed with this young man. And they go, oh, my God, what he's our best buddy, yada, yada. So you can hear those two. <laughs> so right. I, I, what was, I was curious, though, about something, because I, I really was impressed with you. Why Arkansas? I know we're backing up. We're getting away from your win. Yeah, no, Why Arkansas when we have OSU and OU, which were – at this time, OU was maybe not as strong as OSU, but they were coming on. How'd you go to Arkansas, dude? 
Yeah, great question. So I would say first and foremost, family ties. My dad played baseball there. My mom was a cheerleader there. So Fayetteville was always kind of a second home for me growing up, um, you know, going to, to football games and basketball, baseball games, everything. We kind of kind of went to all that. Um, during that recruiting process, OU had just hired Hibble my senior year, and so they weren't necessarily on the radar. I I think Coach Hibble's awesome. He's obviously done a great job there since, but they really hadn't, you know, had any success or progress of developing players, you know, to the tour minus Anthony Kim, who could have gone anywhere in the world and made it on tour with his talent, but they didn't have a, a history of developing guys, you know, before Hibble got there. And it was really tough not to go to Oklahoma State. I mean, obviously, growing up in Edmond, knowing what Oklahoma State, you know, golf is about in tradition, um, I felt like it was probably best for me to get a little bit away from home and, and do my own thing. I don't – I love my mom to death, but I think being 45 minutes away from campus wouldn't have been the best thing for me. And, um, you know, I, 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 I just felt like Fayetteville was a fit. You know, I really love Coach McMakin. Um, and, and what he had done with some of his players, not only at Arkansas, but his previous stop at Lamar. He, he developed a lot of guys into to good, solid tour players that maybe weren't as talented as me as a junior golfer, and I thought that was really impressive. And it's funny how things work out sometimes because I, I absolutely love Coach McGraw. I think he's one of the best people in this world, and you know he still texts me. We still communicate to this day, and um, I ended up not going to school there, and I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise because, you know, he got he got fired after what would have been my freshman year, and if I would have gone to Oklahoma State, he would have, you know, probably been one of the sole reasons, minus you know the tradition and and the fact that Oklahoma State program has been so good for so long. Great answer. I like I said, I'm glad you answered that because yeah. I didn't know, and I see a lot of our listeners don't know. So it's uh, been it's been bothering it's been bothering you for four years. You should have reached out to me before. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I try to stay under the radar, right? I, no, I know. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> so, uh, but that was a great answer. Thank you for giving it to me. Absolutely. Hey, hey and it, it was a great question because I don't know if you've gone back and watched some of that broadcast but it was almost like if you didn't know about Taylor Moore, they didn't do a, a great job letting the people know like what you were all about or, or, or who you really were. And Taylor, I mean, I, I, I want to get to one more thing that I, I think people are getting a little bit confused. Like they, they were saying on the, on the broadcast on, on Twitter after your win that you've never really had a swing coach. And I was thinking, well, Brian Sorensen did a, a great job with you growing up, and you've worked some with Josh Gregory. I mean, let the people know who you're working with now and maybe who you worked with growing up and, and who helped you with your golf swing growing up. Yeah, Brian Sorensen, the head pro there at Kicking Bird, which I know he's he's stoked to get that place back back opened up and let the public see, see the new Kicking Bird. He's fired up about it. But, yeah, he's the one that's you know fully responsible for – for my golf swing and golf game from the time I was 11 years old, you know, pretty much till I stepped foot um, on campus at Arkansas. And then after I got out of school, he's, he's helped me on and off, you know, up until this day. And Brian is somebody that will always, you know, help me in, in my game, my golf swing um, and be on my team, regardless if he's, you know, physically able to be there or not. Um, he's he's so much more than a swing coach for me though. I mean, the guy's like my second father. He's a role model. He's, you know, everything I could imagine. So 
he's been a great influence on my life, both on and off the golf course. Um, but yeah, he's the one that helped, helped me from, you know, basically the time that, um, I started playing the OJDT stuff and, you know, really started getting into golf and, um, yeah, he's, he's such a good dude and, uh, he's been a big part of, of my success for sure. Seymour, kind of along those same lines, you were mentioning earlier when you were on the Corn Ferry Tour that you noticed that there were areas of improvement that you needed to, to make to be able to get to the next level. Well, currently on the PJ Tour, you're one of the few players that gain strokes in every single category, which, I mean, there's maybe 50 players in the world that do that. So just take us through, at, at that time, what were the areas that you felt like you needed to improve and exactly how did you go about that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, growing up, I think I was always – a pretty good ball striker. I think I was, you know, maybe a little bit one dimensional as a, as a mostly right to left kind of, kind of guy and drawer of the golf ball. But I think I realized when I was on the corn Ferry tour that especially the amount of golf that you, you're playing in professional golf, right? I mean, you're going from college golf, which is one practice round and two to three rounds of golf. So now you get a whole week to, you know, prepare and you got four rounds of golf. So there's just a lot more actual golf. And I think for me, um, after playing for a couple of years, I realized that there's going to be some days that you hit it great and stripe it. And there's going to be some days that, you know, you're, you just kind of get it around the park and it's not necessarily on. But the one thing that you can always, I felt like I could always control and get better at was, was short game and putting. And so that's where I lacked coming out of college. I, I didn't have a, you know, very well-rounded short game. I didn't have a very consistent wedge game from a hundred yards and in compared to like the PGA tour level. Like it was, you know, obviously decent, but it wasn't, wasn't at the level of the, you know, the best, best players in the world. So the last two or three years, um, you mentioned Josh Gregory, he's, he's really helped me in that area. He's not only helped me, you know, with some physical stuff, but he's given me, you know, a bunch of really good practice plans and, and stuff to do day in and day out in both the short game and, and, and putting areas that I think, you know, I've done very consistently and religiously for the last three years. And I think it's, you know, start, starting to pay off for sure. Oh my gosh! Are our listeners listening? Please tell me our listeners listening. Please tell me every kid out there is listening to your speech you just gave because we go over this over and over again as a teaching pro for years. I can't tell people how much they need to practice their short game. So God love you for putting that out there. Um, my my last question to you is it is because I know it's so easy to get tied up out there with perfection, okay? Right. Uh, you see it every day. You see Jordan Spieth having won four majors, changing his golf swing. And I'm I'm always on our podcast going, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I got no idea how we do that. But my, my question to you is, I want – this is the old man talking – Please keep this same attitude you have. Whether you win just once or you win 50 times, keep this attitude you got. Because if you keep this attitude you have right now, you will win multiple times, young man, and big. And if if I have this question, what is your goals now? What, what has changed on your way of thinking? Where are you going from here? What are you going to try to achieve from here? Yeah, for, first, I appreciate the, the nice comments. I think it's uh... – I mean, it's just a testament, too, to how I was raised, right? I think I, my mom and dad have, have been such a big part of my life and kept me so grounded and um, been a huge, huge influence for me. But I think, I mean, it's a tough question, right? Because I, you, there's there's obvious goals. I mean, I obviously want to compete, you know, in the majors and I want to, you know, now get in these invitationals and 
see where see where my game's at against the best players in the world week in and week out. And, you know, the PGA Tour is, is the place for that. And so it's just been such a blessing to get to this point. I don't really think that my goals necessarily change. And, you know, a lot of the work I do with my mental coach is really take an outcome out of it. Like, I just want to wake up every day and do my AM routine, my PM routine, do my practice plans, do my practice routine, you know, have proper communication with my caddy. So like, I just try to really do a bunch of like small daily wins that I know are tangible and know that I can knock out. And if those equate to wins then great, but I really try not to get caught up in too many outcomes because I think that it's such a, a dicey road to go down. Um, especially in our game, if you get too caught up on, man, I need to finish, you know, this place to get into this tournament and do this. It's just, it's just too hard. Like it's just, I just don't really operate that way. Um, but I'm very excited for what's to come. I'm very excited to get into Augusta in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited to, um, you know, be ranked top 50 in the world now. But I think I've gotten to this point by focusing on the small things, and that's what I plan to, to kind of continue to do. No doubt about it, Taylor. Do definitely do that. And, 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 Taylor, to end the show here, I'm going to hit you with a couple rapid-fire questions. Two of them are kind of tough questions, but just give me your general thoughts on the subjects. And then the last one, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Hogs coming up later tonight. But, uh, Taylor... Number one, uh, we've heard a lot over the past couple weeks about this distance debate. Are you for or against rolling the golf ball back? Oh, man, that is a tough question. It's a tough question. I I know that I hit you with that on the rapid fire, but, I mean, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I'm against it, man. I just don't think our game needs to be changed that way. I mean, I just won a PGA Tour event at 10 under because there was tricky rough. Um, thicker rough and fast green. So I think there's a lot of ways to make golf courses harder besides length of golf course and besides rolling the ball back. And I just don't want, I think the game has advanced because the athletes have gotten better. The athletes have better technology to practice. The athletes have just developed maybe and gotten better. But like at the same time, there's ways to, to get the scores to be, you know, higher and closer, even far without, you know, handcuffing that athlete that's become and I just don't think that like in other sports you know I'll give an example the NBA the NBA they're scoring 120 to 140 points some night mm-hmm. because the guys are shooting better and they're more efficient and there's better scheme but they don't raise the basket to 12 feet just because the guys are jumping <laughs> higher right it's a great so it's like why, why are we going to do that why are we going to do that in golf so yeah I'm still I'm still trying to process a lot of it I'm still trying to figure out you know too I mean it's a, it's a few years down the road and it's the PGA Tour actually adopts what what's potentially is going to come so there's a lot of yeah. what ifs and, and stuff that can change but initially I am I'm against it no doubt about it and then I kind of did this as a joke on rapid fire but we did have TG and Charles Howell the third on who are obviously on live and they had some serious thoughts on the OWGR. Just give me your general thoughts on the official world golf ranking since you are the first PGA Tour player we talked to in a long time. Dude, I, do, I just don't know enough about it. Like, the old system and the new system. And, like, I mean, obviously I'm happy now after I want to be in the top 50 of it because that gets me into a lot of, you know, events and majors and stuff. But there's got to be a way to, to include guys that – are obviously really good players and obviously deserve to be ranked in the world of golf. Um, there's got to be a way to, you know, coexist down the road. And I mean, we all know Taylor and we're all friends with Taylor and I'm super excited to see him in a couple of weeks. And I'm glad he's going to get, you know, the opportunity to play in 
the Masters and um, a couple of majors the rest of this year. But yeah, it's, it's a tough question. I just don't know enough about it. Like, you know, I wasn't in a position before to really, you know, comment before I won. So it, I think there's going to be something that comes that that will be able to rank both both tours and both systems and have a way to, to coexist, hopefully, because I, I want to see those guys. I want to compete against those guys because I know how talented they are. No doubt about it. And then tonight, I mean, your hogs are taking on UConn. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I heard a rumor that you might actually be going to the game. Is that true? And if you're not going to the game, how do you think the game is uh, going to turn out? Oh, yeah, unfortunately not going to be able to make it out. I was trying to figure out a way to get out there. Um, dude, I mean, we snuck by Kansas. Our team is just so – we're just so hard <laughs> to watch sometimes. Our offense is not great, but – I love him to death. I'm going to root for him. I'm going to pull for him. Uh, UConn seems like a very well-rounded team. They got a big guy that's, that's a stud and has like over 50 points in their first two games and seems like they do everything pretty well. Shoots a three ball to thin, so it's going to be a tough test. But, hey, Musselman got us to two Elite Eights, you know, the last two years, so why not make it a third? No doubt about it. That's Taylor Moore, everybody. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us today. And, and I mean, obviously coming from me, I'll let Taylor say, Taylor, Taylor Williams, uh, here in a second say his piece. But I, I, I just want to tell you from the bottom of our hearts, we could not have been more happy to watch you achieve that lifelong dream that you had, uh, last Sunday. That was awesome to watch. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Sam. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was – and Timor, it was just absolutely spectacular. Like I said, you look like Tiger in his prime out there on that back nine. Just uh, felt like I was back at the OJGT Tour Championship whenever you beat me on the last <laughs> couple of holes. I still think about that to this day, and it still eats at me. So, But, man, could not be happier for you and your family. You guys have been tremendous to me ever since we were 10, 11 years old. And uh, I know this is not going to be the last time you went on the tour, buddy. So, uh, just like Woody said, just keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to be even more successful than you are now. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on. Always excited to talk to you guys. And, um, yeah, follow me if you guys ever need anything. I really appreciate it. No doubt, Taylor. Have a good one. That's Taylor Moore, everybody. The latest winner on the PGA Tour, and you will see him at Augusta National coming up in just a couple of weeks. This has been a shortened version of the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Definitely go get all of your local golf news from our friends Kim McLeod and Chris Swafford. Have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy the Dell Match Play.